Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about The Usual Suspects? I am, because after all, we we are are the Watchers Watchers of Movies. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Yeah, it's just, you know. Hanging out, living life, living life, loving you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, man. I swear, it's like I can't get through one episode without quoting Elizabeth Town. <laughs> I swear. Did you like that From song? From the moon and the sun. That um, song was my was jam. I, I believe it was a one-hit wonder band called All Four One, if I remember correctly. Really? The, uh, the number four. I don't remember that band. Well, that's that's because they were a one-hit wonder. Uh, I remember that song was my jam when I was in like fourth grade, maybe. Now I, I have to look it up. I do like I did like that song from what I remember. Um, so I watched a that's movie that's recently that I wanted to talk to you about. Actually, don't steamroll the all for one conversation. <laughs> yes, Sorry. I swear by all for one as I remembered. <laughs> And the song came out in 1994. Wait, it was like so one as in like written out? One is written out, four is the, the, the number. Yeah, the digit. <laughs> and it was in 1994, which was my 10th ten- year on this planet. Yes, and, I was uh, seven. Yeah. What a what a jam. I remember. I loved that song. And that was before um, the internet. So you just had to wait. Oh, well, most people probably had could buy the albums, but I wasn't allowed to buy non-Christian albums at that time in my life. So I just had to wait for it to come on the radio every oh. time. <laughs> but I would also make like mixtapes for yes. myself, you know. <laughs> Like yes. you had to pit, push play and record, you know. Oh man, so I those were the days. And then you would get part of like the recording yep. of like the DJ or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because it's like this stupid DJ trick where they talk in the intro and try to finish. Oh my God, you know, I know, I know. and uh, they They're don't know for what <laughs> the like, struggle. The struggle of like waiting all day to hear your favorite song so you can record it, but then the DJ is like, "Hey, there's a there's a show coming up on Saturday at Lakes Mall." <laughs> so it's just anyway. It's like DJ. Thank God for Spotify. Li- like time to shut down. Time to listen to the show. Right? <laughs> shut the fuck up, buddy. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, friend. So, what movie did you watch? So it's called Dangerous Beauty. I don't, have you ever heard? Oh of yeah, it? I've seen that movie before. You have? about the she's like a courtesan. Courtesan. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Rufus yeah. Sewell is in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it was the first time I'd ever seen it. It's good. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was it's a, a good movie. Yeah, it was. A, it was a little movie fight at the end. There was like this whole like thing where she's like poetically like. Um, you know, trying to like save her her skin, which I totally understand. But um, and then everyone like standing up. I was like, okay, it was a little movie fight. But I looked it up, like I looked up because it's a true story. Um, and it, it seems like she was a pretty cool woman. Like she later um had women that she would bring in, like that were um being persecuted by the Inquisition and like would have like keep them safe, like a sanctuary. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. And I was like, what a Ben like I guess that her and uh and Rufus Sewell's character were like lovers for the rest of their life. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me Is a lot Naomi of Watts like, in that movie? Yes, okay. she's a small part, yeah. and I actually didn't recognize her at first. I was like, "Wow, that actress looks really familiar," and and then I was like, and I saw her again. And I was like, "Shit, that's Naomi Watts!" <laughs> and I didn't even like, and she was like 
in her late 20s at that so she wasn't like terribly young or anything you right. know or like early yeah. 30s um and um it's also with uh oliver platt oh okay yeah. i forgot i forget a little bit of a shit it. in that he's kind of an asshole in that he okay. like wants to sleep with her but can't afford it and so she's like and he like treats her like a he's an asshole to her and then later he's like the one that's trying to persecute her you know and um i'm like you are just mad because she was like nah son i see what you're doing and i'm not part of that <laughs> like and, and he got all like uh women don't want to sleep with me because i'm a pervert like, he was mm. the first incel <laughs> he was he totally was yeah. yeah well how did you watch it i watched it on hulu oh I, yeah. I saw it when i was in college a friend of mine that i worked with at the theater would talk about it all the time and so finally like we were hanging out and she's like you gotta watch this so i watched it then so it's been years and years yeah yeah i kind of forgot about it yeah so it was it was a fun it was a fun movie yeah yeah i liked it i would recommend it it was enjoyable mm-hmm. definitely it is a good movie that i remember that's yeah. a good movie yeah i've never i've never seen that actress in anything Catherine Mc- mccormick is I her name I've i think i've seen her was she in the Let's truman see. show maybe we're both gonna look her up yeah and she was in Braveheart, and she was in uh, a lot of movies that I have never seen. Maybe she wasn't in, for some reason I thought she was in The Truman Show. Who am I confusing her with? Oh, Natasha McAlhone is the one I'm confusing oh, her with. But okay. yeah, she, but she was in, um, the actress from Dangerous Beauty was in Braveheart. I believe she played uh Mel Gibson's first wife, maybe? Muron is her The one who gets name. murdered? Yeah. I never saw Braveheart. Oh, well, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that movie's from 95. Yeah. That's a good movie as well. It was two video cassettes. Was it? Yeah. Like Titanic. Yep, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, those days when we used to use VHS. Thank God they're <laughs> gone now, because VHS were such a bitch. Like, ugh, the rewinding... Oh yeah, like the machine did That's all the work. That's pretty much it. <laughs> but VHS was nice because if you stopped it, well, nowadays if you stop a DVD, it usually starts where you stopped it because there's like this memory built in. But it was nice. Yeah. To stop it and start it at the same spot, you know. That yeah, that's true. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, any technology that brings a movie into your house, I'm cool with. I don't think any technology <laughs> is like annoying necessarily. I do. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was fun. It was a fun movie on Hulu. So anyone listening wants to watch it. I've been I've been um my my boss the other day was like, So have you watched any midweek movies that you would recommend to me? Because <laughs> I've been recommending movies to her. And I like everything I recommend to her is on Hulu because that's what I mostly watch. I mostly watch Hulu, you know, and she's like, I might have to get Hulu. Everything you're recommending to me is on Hulu and I'm like, sorry. Mike and I watched Ponyo on Thursday. Oh, did you like it? Um, <laughs> it wasn't the best Studio Ghibli film I've ever seen. I totally agree. <laughs> uh, Ponyo's, I think, I really liked their house. Like, I would move into that house, you know, in a heartbeat. It was really cool. Uh, and the scenery and the lushness of the Ghibli movies are, they can't be beat. And the food oh, yeah, can't yeah. be beat. Oh, yeah. Animation. But uh Ponyo's voice really drove me oh up the wall. Oh my god, me too. Oh man, that's like 
torture. It's like a torture sound. It's I know. Just play her voice over and over again, and you'd be like, I and, know. And Mike bought this, like, I almost said snack pack. It's not a snack pack. He bought a DVD set. <laughs> DVD Studio pack. Ghibli movies and so a lot of the ones he got are not the ones with like the famous cast doing the voices oh they're like but the Japanese one, ones well they're like diff- there's like multiple there's like a lot of the movies have like a, a more famous American cast or a more famous cast in general and then they have like a British cast or just like oh. a less famous cast and then they have the, the Japanese or the you know but this one for Ponyo we got the, the like famous cast and it was like Tina Fey and Liam Neeson and Kate Blanchett and so and uh Betty oh, White. Sorry, one sec. Here's my little. Oh. The cat what is on the doing? counter. Get out of there, bad kitty. Oh man, Lauren bad just kitty! Lauren just punted him across the room. <laughs> did not. No, she didn't. She would never do that. I didn't even get to touch him before he ran off. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna clean your dishes he for knows you, what woman. He did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I know because I go over there and he goes, he goes, no, <laughs> he runs away. <laughs> he's not. He just he just wants to get away with it for as long as he can. He just wants to clean my dishes for me, apparently. But that's I do very not helpful. want. Yeah, but he cleans them using his mouth, so that's not a thing I want. <laughs> well, you're gonna wash them though. Yeah. <laughs> True. But I, that's what I meant. Like, he thinks he's cleaning them, like washing them. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He does think that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's definitely not eating the residual food. <laughs> Even though I really, I rinse everything. I really don't like my dog food cake uh, on there. My dog, when I was growing up, really liked soap. So really? Maybe he tastes soap. I don't know. Anyway. Weird. <laughs> so, yeah, it had like, in Betty White. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was... It was a good cast, uh, but it just the Ponyo the voice. Ponyo, and I, I don't know. I don't love movies where the main character is like a five-year-old. That's mm-hmm. a little bit, and that's not necessarily a deal breaker because all of the Ghibli movies are like children, but they're not all annoying. Like I really like *Moving Castle*. That's true. I really liked *Arietti*, *The Secret World of Arietti*. And I didn't see that one, but Spirited I wanted to. *Spirited Away* was really good, and uh, *Kiki's Delivery Service* and. Uh, Mike and I watched one called The Cat Returns, which was, I think it's called The Cat Returns. That I was think fun. so too, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, I just didn't, Panya wasn't my favorite. And it was, I was like really curious about it because that came out when I worked at the theater. And so I've just always known about it. And uh, <laughs> it's probably my least, I, well, I didn't <sighs> really care for Princess Mononoke. And Howl's Moving Castle isn't my favorite either, but. <gasps> I slept through. I <laughs> slept a lot through Princess Mononoke, so I don't know if it, Mike and I agreed that it maybe wasn't fair because we both sort of fell asleep while we were watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's not that but doesn't count. Of the ones that I've like been conscious for, Ponyo is definitely not my favorite. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> Howl's Moving Castle is my favorite. I have posters and stuff all over my walls of them of it, so um, it's pretty obvious that I love it. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I saw Ponyo like years and years ago and I was like, oh, this is cute. And then I saw it recently, like within the past year. And I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> and there's this part. There's this part where 
well, the, Ponyo, when she's a fish, has a human face, and everyone just accepts it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, maybe in this world that they've created, that's just normal for fish. Except one of the women at the old people's home was like, that cat, that fish has a human face. And I was like, well, this blows the lid off everything. Like, why is everyone accepting it? Yeah, I know. So anyway. Like, the, the woman, that, like, woman at the nursing home is, like, the only one that's, like, logical in yeah. this entire world. Like, and if you're going to have one character say that, then you, ha- I feel like, why are the rest of the characters just accepting it? Right. I, there's other like there's other fish that have the Ponyo face too later in the movie, but it's still like it's just weird. Don't you remember that? There's I mean, like there's a bunch like of brothers her and sisters. sisters. Yeah, but yeah. I mean like those are different than like the other fish in the ocean. They right, have normal right. fish faces. Right, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's it, pretty 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 bizarre to include that detail, but then have the rest of them be like, Oh wow. It's a normal <laughs> fish. Nothing's weird about this at all. <laughs> I know. It's 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 funny that you said that because when I rewatched that movie, I was just like, I don't know why I liked it so much the first time because this time, it's kind of hard to get through. Well, like that voice was change. like, <sighs> I mean, that's true. I used to love change. Fight Club, and now I don't like it anymore. Right. So, so things just, you know, yeah, things change. But that's true. Yeah. It's very so Panyo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the <laughs> oh, Matt Damon also did a voice, which was kind of fun. He had a very oh, very yeah. small part. So. Um, the other day my friend was watching Goodwill Hunting and she texted me and she's like, I'm watching Goodwill Hunting and I go, Stalin's guards guards. And she's like, Oh right, I forgot about him. And then I sent her a gif of him from the movie. It was great. And that's it. That's the whole story. Oh, should I tell everyone about the John Ross Bowie thing? Because that was kind of exciting. So there is a show called Speechless, which I've talked about before, but it's like one of my favorite, like, go to, like, feel good shows. It's like a really cute show. It's about this kid that has cerebral palsy, and it's really nice to see a show that has that representation of a person with a disability. And uh, the dad in it is played by this actor named John Ross Bowie. And he, or he posted something on Instagram. And it was a picture of him podcasting, and he's he like it said podcasting like on the comment or on the um, caption. And I commented on it, and I was like, "What podcast are you doing?" Because I'm planning on listening to that episode. You know, it's called Households. And he commented back, and he said Households, and I was like, "Okay, first of all, that's exciting that he wrote me back. Yeah, that's (laughs) really cool." But then it got better because I commented again and I said, hey, you know, I, I really love the show Speechless. I was super bummed that it was undead. And he said, oof, you think you were bummed? And I was like, you know what, John Ross Bowie, you fucking made my That's night. That's pretty awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. It was exciting because it's like, because I really love his character. His character's name is Jimmy. And he's just like a funny kind of like he's just a funny character and he's like really supportive of his wife and he loves his kids so it's like a very like healthy male like lead character you know and uh that was just that was exciting that was that's like, really cool that's that is very exciting <laughs> right i know and also I know- you got to tell him that you like to show yes which is cool yeah and i'm sure that like and part of the reason that it got canceled is because there wasn't enough viewers you know sure. there was enough viewership so um i'm sure that it was like extra nice hearing it from someone because because he, you know, I mean, I know that he obviously he knows why it got canceled. Yeah. Um, but it, it was like, it's it's just a really, really sweet, touching show. It's on Hulu. I would recommend anyone to watch it. It's funny. It is it's funny. It's a very cute yeah. show. Yeah. I it's used to watch it with my good. mom. It's, it's cute. It's very feel good. Yeah. Um, so 
Minnie Driver's in it. She's amazing. And I, I watched an interview with him once, like this was like years ago, where he was talking about um, <clears throat> being cast in that role and having Minnie Driver as his uh, playing his wife. And he was like, just like the things he said about with her were like, just so nice. Like he was like, oh, she's so beautiful. I feel so like, you know, like self-conscious next to her or whatever. Like I get to have this gorgeous wife and she's so talented. And I was just like, this guy's awesome. <laughs> so... <laughs> It uh, it was it just it made my night, you know. So if for whatever reason John Ross Bowie, you're listening, thanks, dude. You really you made me feel good. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That's really exciting. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know if you have anything else to discuss before you discuss the movie, but I have one other thing, and it yeah, has to do ahead. with the movie. Oh boy. So I have known the ending for a long time, right? Uh, did you? Oh, I've seen this movie multiple oh, times. Oh, you have? Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you'd seen it. So this is my first time ever watching this movie. Oh, really? I had never seen The Usual oh. Spouse. Yeah, that's why I wanted to watch it so bad, because I'd never seen For it before. For some reason, I thought you'd seen it, and you just really liked it, or no, something. No, oh, I had okay. never seen it. Um, so I was watching Cougar Town, which... Um, was, as usual, a, a show that I started watching because Abed and Community likes it. <laughs> and I seem to get all my recommendations from Abed. Um, and uh, they were talking about the usual suspects. And so then they watched the movie. It was like Courtney Cox and, and her friend. And um, and afterwards she goes, oh, so Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Soze. And I'm sitting there and I was like, oh my God. Wait, this was just recently? This, that was, it was, but, so, this was the day before I watched but it. But you knew the ending of the movie well before. Right, the, okay, right. so it wasn't spoiled for no, you. No, no. Okay. But I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. If I had never known yeah. the ending to this movie, that would have spoiled it for me. And when, it was what the weird day timing. before. I know. It's like Isn't the Uncut Gems timing. Yeah. That's weird. Isn't that bizarre? What a, I, when things like converge like that, it's always kind of I know. mind-blowing I was like, I would have been so pissed if I had not, like, if I had somehow for, what, like 27 years, um, been able to avoid the ending, the spoiler, even though my mom told me, like, years and years ago, I would have been so fucking pissed. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that's that weird? I yeah. know. So I thought that was kind of funny, because it was just so coincidental. Like, how that, like, when does that shit Yeah, happen? what are the odds of that? Yeah. Um, it's like, crazy. I know. Well, at least you knew, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't yeah. spoiled. But, you know... Part of me wishes I hadn't known, except that it would have been spoiled for me anyway. But I just think that it would have been, um, it would have been a lot cooler to watch that movie without knowing the ending, you know? Yeah, that was actually one of my main points, is it kind of had, <clears throat> sorry, I just choked on air. <laughs> take, your, take your time. Happens to us all. <laughs> it kind of had a Citizen Kane feel to it like i've obviously seen the movie multiple times so i knew the ending but i don't know if like do movies like this have actual longevity because i know like citizen kane is very famous but for me citizen kane wasn't exciting to watch because i knew the twist right so and citizen kane came around in a time when movies were newer and things were a little bit more exciting so i think it's riding that wave 
and that's why it's still famous. But does the usual suspect have that gravitas? Like, a few generations from now, I don't know if we'll be talking about it, because once you watch it the first time, like, what's the excitement of watching it again? Yeah. So I think it's dangerous to put a twist ending in your movies, because it's, like... There's not, there's no excitement or thrill because you're like, all of this is... But that's... I mean, I, I can think of other movie examples that I... Like, The Guilty had kind of a twist ending, and I wouldn't be opposed to watching that again someday. So I don't know if it holds true. So that's sort of like the back and forth I've been doing about this movie, where I'm like, does... Is it a good style choice to do a twist ending if viewers will never get that feeling on a repeat watching? Right. Well... I love a twist ending. So I think yes. But it's hard when... I mean, so this movie is from 95, right? So it's 27 years old. Um, and I'll just say a little synopsis. It's about... Um, so basically the idea is that there's this guy named Kaiser Soze. Everyone's talking about him. And um, there was a giant fire on the ship. And they found like 27 dead people that they think died from the fire, which you find out later that they were all killed, like, th with guns. Um, and, um, but not in the way you'd expect. No, I, just, I, felt like, <laughs> I just felt like adding that on because I was like, well, like, what? What do you mean? Not in the way they expect. It wasn't with bullets? No. It was smashing them with the butt of the guns. Pistol whipping. Pew, 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 pew. No, anyway. Um, <clears throat> no, they were shot. And um, they're trying to figure out who this Kaiser, Kaiser Soze guy is. And so there's like one, there's like two survivors. There's this Hungarian dude and there's this guy named Verbal Kent. And Verbal Kent's played by Kevin Spacey. So this dude, Chaz, Chaz Palminteri's character, is um, trying to, you know, interrogate him and get more information. And, and, and Kent has like all these... Uh, immunities and stuff like that you know and so that's pretty much what the movie's about and it's like the big twist ending is who's Kaiser Soze and then you know you find out it's Kevin Spacey so big <laughs> big twist you know if you haven't seen the movie I'm sorry it's 27 years old not my fault anyway um, <clears throat> so shit I forgot where I was going with that initially well how about I ask you this what okay. did you think of the movie I liked it I, I pretty much expected that I would like it. Um, I wouldn't say that I loved it. I wouldn't say it's like my favorite, but I definitely enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. I, I mean, I pretty much expected that I would. Um, I also have to say that I love Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> I've been saying, I've also been saying that phrase. I love Robert Redford. <laughs> He's just so old and sexy. <laughs> Gabriel Gabriel Byrne was very handsome in this movie. Yes. Um, <clears throat> no, there is a, a clip that Sam sent me of Nicole Byers. I don't know. We didn't talk about this last one. Episode, no, it was from... There's a podcast called Newcomers where her and Lauren Lapkus watch movies for the first time or, or like series and they're doing the Marvel movies and they were talking about... Uh, the Winter Soldier, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and, and oh, that's Nicole right, Byers. Robert Redford's in it, yeah, N yeah, right. Anyways, and Nicole Byers was talking about Robert Redford. That's <laughs> She's like, I love Robert Redford. <laughs> she, it was like listening to Lauren. Like I swear, Lauren and Nicole Byers are the same person. 
just like their spirits were split at birth and they were just plopped into different bodies but they when i That's hear her, when i listen to episodes and she talks about all the actors that turned her on in each movie and like ones that surprisingly turned her on i'm like oh my this is Wait, this is like watches of movies you sent me oddly enough it was benicio del toro but they were watching guardians of the galaxy and she was oh, yeah, like that's right she was that's like right. and benicio del toro like oddly he was doing it she for was me like he was yeah and no, i was like, like that's yeah, lauren that's, that's totally me lauren. that is and that this is an episode of watchers of movies <laughs> <laughs> that's one thousand percent it really me. it really amuses me it makes me laugh I, no, love I love it i love it i love you sending them to me too because it it's like because i'm listening and i'm like oh my god that's totally me mm-hmm. <laughs> in the best of ways yes, yes yeah 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 so um i love gabriel byrne i know I, you do because oh, you were obsessed with like he's a priest in a movie oh stigmata right? mm-hmm. and yeah. you really liked he was, him he was a little bit of a sexual awakening for me actually i kind of realized this last night as i was talking to my reddit buddy i feel like the pie chart of your sexual <laughs> awakening is like each one gets like one eighth of a piece of or one oh, eight, like 80th of a piece of pie 1, i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like david bowie is jareth from you should, you should make like a weird parody song about all the actors who are your sexual awakening just listing them off like the element song you know the periodic table song right. but it's just right. actors right. that we're right yeah <laughs> yeah um i have some weird Maybe ones we can so employ mike to do it. <laughs> if you just give him the long like I'll santa be like, claus list of names <laughs> <laughs> this one was naughty this one was nice <laughs> don't spit out your drink <laughs> i made it <laughs> um yeah no so uh but He's, I don't, like, I just, yeah, he was, so he was a priest in Stigmata, <clears throat> and that was kind of like this thing where I was like, oh, <laughs> there was this movie called The Right, it's with uh, Colin O'Donohue and uh, Anthony Hopkins, and it was like the first thing I'd ever seen Colin O'Donohue, and then I later watched him in Once Upon a Time in, um, no, Once Upon a Time. <laughs> it's called Once Upon a Time. I said in Hollywood, but I was like, no, that's not right. Uh, and I loved him in Once Upon a Time. He was like, I didn't love that show, but I loved his character. But he was a priest in the right. And I remember being like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of a weird little, like, uh, I don't know, kink, I guess you can call it. <laughs> but so anyway so um yeah i i I, what i'm getting back to is that yes i i overall i enjoyed it um i definitely think i would have enjoyed it more if i hadn't known the twist ending but it would have been ruined for me anyway because of cougar town so which is kind of like i don't know if you call it ironic but i guess it feels like it's ironic you know um and I am like, I'm just so mad that Kevin Spacey turned out to be such a fucking creep because yeah, I really, really like him as an actor. And I'm probably going to continue watching his movies and his stuff because I enjoy, I enjoy his acting. You know, I think he's a very talented actor. And it's like it, you know, I mean, American Beauty is one of my favorites. And it's mostly because of him, because of his character and, and the way he acts and everything or his, you know, his whole thing, whatever. But but I kept watching the entire movie. I kept um, trying to see if there's any point where he would like break the verbal kin character, yeah. you know, and um, 
there was one part that I noticed because, and it's like super subtle. And I don't know if you notice this, but it's when the uh, okay, hold on, you know, I'm gonna pull up the cast list. So I'm calling them by their right character names. Um. Okay, so Kuyan or Kujan was it Kujan? The detective. Yeah. Yeah. So played by Chaz Palminteri, um, he was talking about Kaiser Soze. And you can see on Verbal's face the smallest hint of a smile. And it was like super subtle. And I don't think it's something that I would have noticed if I hadn't known the ending. Mm -hmm. But because I was like, I had like an eagle eye on him the entire movie, I noticed that. And I was like, I was like, there's the first hint that he might not be who he says he is. Yeah, I actually, I do. I did notice that part and I thought the same thing you did. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that reaction is interesting. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so subtle. But it's like, but one of the things that they say, like that they, they, the, what is it? What is Claire saying? The, the inimitable collective. Yeah, the inimitable collective, they. One of the things that they say is that, uh, a twist ending should surprise you, but not be unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, because that's good writing. If it's if it's something that comes out of the blue, like like um, a really good example of that is the movie. Um, what is it? It's like The Huntsman, Winter's War, Snow White and the Huntsman, like Winter's War. It's like the sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman. And I know you didn't like the first one, but the second one was like the worst, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It was so bad. But um, this character, Emily Blunt, was like a witch. Like her sister, Ravenna, who she didn't have a sister in the first one. So I'm just saying, like, anyway. <laughs> um, she like suddenly had a power that was convenient for the part. Oh, sure. And it was like yeah. a twist. It was a twist to it. But you're like, but that shouldn't have happened because you never like you didn't foreshadow it so it's really bad writing you know what i mean no i big time yeah that makes a lot of sense so this was it's you know as 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 uh as kujan's like putting it all together and he's like oh shit this isn't like you know keaton isn't actually uh kaiser soze um verbal kint is and he's realizing as he's looking through the office and he's like looking at all these different things like, oh, Kobayashi's the name of the, you know, the brand of the um, cup and like all this different stuff. And like quartet's like the name of the brand of the um, cork board. And and so um, it, it was it was like, OK. And plus that little smile, you know, you're like, all right. Yeah, no, I can see him being Kaiser Soze because the way it, it makes sense, you yeah. know, the way they built it up. I really I felt like uh they should all get their badges taken away for letting him go before the police sketch came through. <laughs> that was movie That was too movie-fied for me. I was thinking, like, no way that's coming through right as they let him go. Right. Like, that's bonkers to me. But and I don't think they could hold him because he was, he had the immunity coming through. Right. I know that they couldn't, but I was, it's it was too close. It was too coincidental and it right. annoyed me because I was like, <laughs> no, that wouldn't happen. I know. And I thought that actually, um, what's his name? Um, I thought Jack Bayer, Giancarlo Esposito's character was going to catch him. I did not know it was him until you just told me it was him. And <laughs> he looked totally earlier, different. Earlier when you were like, it was good to see a Giancarlo Esposito young. And in my head, I was like, oh yeah 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 and then i like i kept thinking it kept like rolling in my brain i'm like did i see him in the movie (laughs) and then i looked at the cast list and i did not 
recognize him at all yeah he was so like the that one that was, was yelling at the like hungarian dude and like smoking a lot because yeah. i would not i didn't know it was him at all so I now i feel like google. i have to go back and watch it <laughs> i actually had to Again. google usual suspects giancarlo esposito because i wasn't sure if that was him wow. and i like kind of recognize his voice more than his face um, he's usually not like i know him from breaking bad and better call saul and he is not an animated man and those you know he's very cool and collected so see right. I wouldn't it, it was just like I know it's called acting but it's just there's no cues for me you right know? he's in community he was in a couple episodes of community um he plays uh uh Pierce's who's uh Chevy Chase's like half brother oh yeah which is funny well it's not funny but the dad of their dad their shared father is like super racist like really really racist like like you think of the most racist person ever he's more racist than that like it is like like they it's insane anyway so he had a relationship with a woman who's black because Giancarlo Esposito is you know a mixed race man I don't know if he's he's maybe a little like uh, Latino or whatever but anyway um, just because his name is you know his name is like Latino but or Spanish or whatever but anyway I don't know but um so I know him from that, and he's not very animated in that either. Um, yeah, so in this movie, he was very, oh, like... Weird. He was very loud and yelling. It's blowing and <laughs> my mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like him, too. I love Giancarlo <laughs> Esposito. <laughs> I did... So my history with The Usual Suspects is... Um, I did not... I didn't see it until probably, like, the middle 2000s, because... Saturday Night Live, The Lonely Island did uh, a digital short on Saturday Night Live where Andy Samberg is spinning a yarn and then he leaves the room and the person he's talking to like looks around and sees all the clues and I thought it was so clever and I was like, wow, that's really clever and I was talking about it at work the next day or the next couple days and somebody was like, that's like a an homage to The Usual Suspects and I, and I was like, oh, I should watch that movie so I watched it and I remember being like slightly entertained by the heist aspect and the twist aspect and all that at the time. And then I didn't ever watch it again. And then like within the last five years, it was a founders movie. So we saw it like the founders movies at the theater where you pay right. $2 and you right. can drink beer and watch an old Coke classic. Yeah, just to let everyone know founders is like a, uh, a brewery, right? Yeah. But they, I mean, their beer is like, I think it's nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. So and maybe even world, it might be in Europe even a little bit. I'm not yeah, sure. But anyway, but anyway, it's, it's in it's Grand Rapids. Local. Yeah. Um, it's mainstay is in Grand Rapids. Yeah. And, uh, I remember it being like so boring at that time. Like I was just bored by it because I knew the ending. I knew the twist. Right. Didn't really care. It's so convoluted. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of names. There's a lot of. There's a lot. There's of people a lot this, going yeah. on. There's a lot of back and forth on the timeline, and I just remember being just kind of bored of it. And then I actually was like dragging my feet, and I didn't watch it for most of the week. Most of the week, I was like, uh well, most of the week I kind of forgot about it, and then on like Thursday I went, "Oh, I have to watch The Usual Suspects." That happens to me every week. And then <laughs> every week I'm like, "Oh shit, I gotta watch the movie." <laughs> so I had to watch it. So I watched it this morning. Like I set an alarm, so I got up early and watched it. Oh shit! It. So you did? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and I didn't hate it. I wasn't bored by it necessarily. Um, it's free on Pluto TV with ads, so that was nice. It's also free on Amazon. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. I, 
I didn't realize. Uh, but anyway, so I watched it this morning, and I enjoy heist movies in general, but this one is just so dang complicated, and it doesn't need to be. And I think that there were little things that I kind of thought were clever, because, like, Kobayashi is not a common name. No. So that should have, like, that was kind of a clue. Like, maybe I wouldn't put it together. I don't think I put it together when I was watching the movie the first time. I mean, it's been years, so I can't remember. But, like, a lot of the things he said were slightly off. And I think that that's kind of creative. Because if you know, then you know that he's pulling these words from... They're not real people, you know? Right, right. And and I thought it was interesting, because... When I hear the name Kobayashi, I think I'd probably think of a Japanese man. That's what I was thinking, and too. So and so it was like a viewer clue that it's not a Japanese man right. at all. Yeah, because when they brought on Pete Postalwaith, I was like, wait a second. That guy's, like, really white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So that's an interesting clue, like what you were talking about. Right. How there are clues, so the twist shouldn't be a surprise because things just don't jive as well as they should if it was the truth and then he talks about being in a barbershop quartet which came out of nowhere and so you're like this guy is bullshitting like right he was in a barbershop quartet in skokie this man right was in a barbershop court you know so things like that it's interesting because they are clues if you know to look for them but you don't know to look for them on the first viewing right right so that's why i'm not sure if a movie like this has impactful longevity because it only has that oh shit at the very first time you see right it. right but anyway so um yeah i i yeah it's not like memento where you like watch it again and you're like okay this time i'm gonna really figure it yeah. out yeah well and things were just it's just such a mess that i i was thinking as i was watching it like i'm gonna try to figure it out and i even lost interest like trying to figure out the references because it's just so much is going on like you have to know like six weeks ago the day before present yeah day. i noticed that and it was then very like, like random not linear at all yeah, yeah. And normally that that doesn't necessarily bother me like i'm not saying that that would confuse confuse me in and of itself it's just there was too many balls in the air for me to like try to focus on and right. that, i think that's not good like i think that's like too busy for a movie when the the story is so simple you yeah know? it is pretty straightforward but, but they're they making it really more convoluted it. Yeah. yeah yeah and um so like first they're in new york and then they go to los angeles and i'm not i i actually afterwards read the wikipedia page and i was like oh they went to los angeles to sell the jewels they stole in new york but that wasn't for me, like a parent, super I see, I didn't parent, even realize that I didn't, and I was paying attention. Yeah, me too. too. Well, yeah, <laughs> and and so I was like, all of a sudden, like Gabriel Burns' character, what was his name? I should probably call him uh, Keaton. Then. Keaton said, like, oh, we should go, we should go lay low in Los Angeles, and I was like, why? And then, and then I they know, were in I Los Angeles. Too. I was like, oh. and so I, I kind of, no I one's just, coming after you. <laughs> Calm down. Speaking of no one well, coming geez. after you. There was like geez. a really loud motorcycle or something noise. outside. So, yeah. So, I thought that there was a lot of things that I just didn't know why they were happening. And I think that there's supposed to be cleverness where Kevin Spacey was explaining like New York's tax, the New York taxi service or whatever. And he sort of went through that kind of fast. And and I thought that that was interesting how Keaton has a history of being a like dirty cop. And and 
I actually really like that part because yeah. it was kind of unexpected. Mm-hmm. It's you interesting. Know? Yeah, I was like, oh, so Keaton's kind of like, so you're kind of thinking Keaton might be like the whole, like the center of all this, you know? And I, yeah, I the thing is, yeah. I can't remember what I was thinking when I saw it the first time, so I don't know. Like, I wasn't right. thinking that this time, and so that's another thing where I'm like, does this movie hold up? Right, right, right. So, yeah, it's. So what do you? What did you think of it? It's all right. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, I, I wanted to see it because I just heard about it so much. And it was, well, and I love I love Gabriel Byrne and Kevin Spacey, unfortunately. So, uh, first of all, did you enjoy Stephen Baldwin's sexy quarter main haircut? <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. You sent me that text that said he, he'd gone to the, like, Alan Quartermain's barber or something. And so then I was watching the movie with that in mind. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I used to love Stephen Baldwin when I was a kid because he was in a movie called Biodome. And is that with uh, Polly Shore? Shore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I loved that movie as a kid. And I'm afraid to rewatch it because I don't think I would love it again. But I hear that. Um, I, I really liked him because he was so bonkers in that movie. And uh, if I closed my eyes, I was thinking today when I was watching The Usual Suspects, if I closed my eyes, I would just think it was Alec Baldwin. I never realized how closely... Their they look voices, a lot of, yeah. Their voices sound so similar. Yeah. And yeah. Ha- they always play like the like rakish assholes. Know, Is that like a Baldwin thing? I don't know. I don't I don't know. Um it's funny cuz he Stephen Baldwin is in 30 Rock later. Like he plays um he's not actually related to Jack, but he plays um It's it, there's a kind of a long story to it. Basically Jack wants to make a movie because his wife, who's played by Elizabeth Banks, was kidnapped by South, by North Korea and was, like, taken hostage there. And so he makes a movie and he stars Stephen Baldwin as him. So there's, like, all these different <laughs> scenes where, like, Stephen Baldwin's, like, acting like Jack, you know? And, like, imitating him and stuff. And so it's pretty, like, it's pretty fun because you're, like, they're brothers, you know? Like, they're brothers in real life, so you kind of, like, get a kick out of it, you know? Yeah. But, um... And there it's 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 funny anyway but uh he yeah they i mean they do sound a lot like i'm not really how many baldwin brothers are there there's four i, I know it's billy daniel. steven alec daniel daniel oh four i guess i didn't even know that daniel was a person <laughs> it's like finding out there's a third hemsworth luke is his name yeah poor guy got the short jeans <laughs> yeah yeah he was in um Westworld, and I remember being oh, like, "Oh, he's an actor." I didn't know he was an actor. Yeah, and I remember being like, "Wow, that guy looks really." There's another. There's a third Wilson brother as well. He's in. Oh, he's in the movie Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Oh, really? And you can tell that they're brothers. I mean, they all talk. Well, Luke Wilson doesn't talk like Owen Wilson, but Owen Wilson, I think his name is Andrew. I think they talk a lot alike. Anyway, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun yeah. seeing. It's fun seeing like a brother of someone that's like famous that you like, and and something else, and you're like, wait. Wait, what? Who? Wait, <laughs> what? Who? who are you? You look. You, you remind me of someone. I don't know who, but uh, you know. And then you look them up, and you're like, "Oh, Luke Hemsworth. I wonder if he's related to the other Hemsworths." Mm. And then you look it up further, and you go, oh, "He is indeed, and he's not as good looking as the other brothers, but he's no, he's an attractive guy. He's good looking. I mean, how can you not be? You're a Hemsworth, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting off topic. Um. So, I was kind of bummed that Gabriel Byrne ended up being such a violent character. 
you know mm-hmm. because he was kind of sweet before like with well, the woman Edie. well I, I liked that he was trying to make good he was trying to be a good guy and he was trying to put his criminal past behind him but he couldn't resist yeah no the the story that we didn't get to hear in the jail cell and actually like at the beginning of the movie when they were all in the lineup i thought this is a ragtag lineup i don't know if kevin spacey is quite a bit shorter than the rest of them and well and kevin pollack is that full head of dark hair he had dark hair but it wasn't like and i was like how did kevin spacey get put in the lineup with these guys oh i really like well, i think Benicio. kevin pollack is even more like of a like an outlier than kevin spacey is he's he's the shortest one Oh, okay. well, in my head, Kevin Spacey stuck out because he didn't have, like, the, the coloring or the hair that the other ones oh, did. okay, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. Kevin Pollack is really short. So, yeah, it seems like a, an incorrect lineup. And I was right. like, usually well, the lineup is... because they're supposed to be looking alike, aren't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And so, uh, so that was weird to me. And I didn't remember that uh, Kaiser Soze had put it together. Right. And I was thinking about like how so they were all in the in the jail cell together and Stephen Baldwin's character was like I keep calling them by their uh, uh his name is McManus so McManus was like I've got a job I heard about a job if anyone wants to you know do it and they were all kind of like perked up and but uh Keaton Gabriel Burns character was like I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to be in it. But it, you could tell that it was like a seed was planted. And I think that that was interesting that Kaiser Soze probably knew that that was going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how they all had sort of criminal, criminal backgrounds in different ways. And um, so it's kind of like you can take the man away from the crimes, but you can't take the criminal out of the man or something. And, and I think that was interesting. And you're supposed to like Keaton. You're supposed to want him to to make it. Yeah, you end. want him to succeed. Because... Yeah. Because when they're doing that second heist and he's pointing the gun at like the jeweler and you can tell he doesn't want to kill the guy, you know, and he keeps saying like, just give me the case. And the guy's not giving him the, the briefcase. Right. And then Stephen Baldwin ends up killing the guy. No, Kevin Spacey does. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Kevin yeah. Spacey ends up killing Stephen Baldwin. McManus kills the bodyguards. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you want. And all- all I could think of is they're driving away with two very obvious blood stains on their big the blood side stains of their about the height of a man's head. Yeah, yeah it's pretty bonkers. Like, what yeah. happened here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe you should brought a hose or something if you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that that whole like that whole scene where where McManus was like holding the two guns and then he shoots them both in the head. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> oh big time yeah like, I was like yeah like i have heard many times that like holding two guns in your hand is not better than holding one because you're not like you're not really like focusing on either one and in, yeah. and a bullet is very small and you need to be in a, like a direct you know it needs to be directly aimed at that person um and so but the the fact that he like shot both of them at the same time with two guns i was like mm, i don't think yeah so. it's <laughs> like, pr- pretty unbelievable happened. yeah yeah but yeah. i i really liked benicio del toro fenster fenster i i liked like, how he just like 
he just like mumbles mumbled, everything yeah, yeah. at the beginning when they're picking all of them up in separate places in new york city he sort of turns a corner and then you see him like scurrying back around the corner <laughs> trying to get away from the car the cop like the unmarked police car and yeah. I, I really liked that little bit of like he had like the most like like plucked eyebrows i've seen like his oh. eyebrows were like so well i think he was gay i think that he was gay um not just because the eyebrows but there's other things that they said too that made me think that he was gay um but his eyebrows were like so perfect like i was like <laughs> you know what i mean like i was like this guy has definitely been like i need to go get my eyebrows waxed it's been two weeks good for <laughs> <Yeah>. him <laughs> good for him i don't wax my eyebrows i pluck them because i find it somehow i don't know satisfying you know anyway but um yeah, I, I, uh, he, <laughs> I was like, thank God I have subtitles on because I would not been able to understand Fenster because he was so mumbly. And there was even like people that were like, what? What yeah, did you they say? Said, Speak English. And he was like, what? <laughs> He's like, I am speaking English. <laughs> and I like in the lineup when uh, McManus like really put some extra flair on the phrase that they asked him to say and they all started laughing i thought that was really that seemed really organic and and it kind of made me it made me think because it made me think like already and obviously i've seen the movie before but it does really show that they are all kind of like on the same page and they all kind of think this is bullshit and they this isn't their first rodeo and and you know they're just enjoying themselves because anyway and then you find out that it was uh kevin pollock's character hockney who actually stole the guns uh-huh yeah and so that was interesting so do you think so the backstory that mr kobayashi came and told them all about how they separately stole from kaiser soze do you think that was legit i mean obviously not kevin spacey's but the rest um, of them like were these like oh you did a heist six months ago and you didn't know you were stealing from kaiser soze but you were and then you did this heist a year and a half ago and you didn't know you were stealing from him but you were and so now he owe you owe him this do you think all of those stories except for verbal kints were just real heists that they had done yes and and so verbal Jose is just like this is how i'm gonna exact my revenge yeah i think so because they looked too nervous for it to not be real you know like they were all like they all kind of were like oh yeah Mm -hmm. i did do that heist that you met Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I'm and gonna he, puke. Man. They had those files, like everything they ever done, and yeah. And also, I'm I'm pretty certain that uh, Kaiser Soze never killed his family or anything. It's just like a that was just a made like up, a made yeah, up story yeah. to make himself seem intimidating and mysterious. Yeah. Well, he and he made Kaiser Soze into like Hungarian or something. Turkish. Turkish. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The whole to me, like you'd rather kill your family than like. <laughs> like the i don't know to me that was like okay but you know i mean i guess if you're a psychopath and like you're like i'm gonna kill my family and then i'm gonna kill everyone else's family i don't know i mean that's if that's the way your mind works and that's the way your mind works you know um it did seem over the top but i think that I think that Verbal was trying to create like a larger than life character Big time. in oh, Kaiser yeah. Soze, yeah, to make him seem like um he's like untouchable. Un- yeah, that's yeah. What I was like, oh too. hey, if you fuck this guy over, he will fuck you right back three times, you mm-hmm. know, like and he like and like he'll really make you hurt. So don't don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um and 
I think Kaiser Soze is a great villain because he's just so like he's so seemingly untouchable. Yeah, you know, and the real guy just so like kind of I know. lame. I but well, I think that uh, I just I kept focusing on Verbal the entire movie, like really focusing on him because I was like, man, this guy has got to like just. What I imagine is that he's just at home practicing this, mm-hmm. o- like over and over again, just living like this verbal kin character, because he never breaks character, and that is, and and especially if you're playing a person who has a physical disability, you know, that's like y- you you can't forget to not walk that way for a second because. Yeah. Someone who has, well, I, I, according to Wikipedia, he has cerebral palsy. Um, so someone who has cerebral palsy is not suddenly going to be able to, like, you know, have like a typical walk or whatever. Um, and so that's all I could think of was like the entire movie. I was, I was like, I wonder how long this guy practiced to stay this way. And then there was that scene where you, you know, you said like Kobayashi had um, given them all like their their dossiers or whatever. I don't know what you would call it dossier, whatever. And uh, and Verbal looked like he was about to start crying or like puke or something because he looked super nervous. Like he was like, "Oh shit, I fucked up." And I was just, and and that's why I think it was so. It was kind of frustrating because I knew the ending. So I'm watching him the whole movie. And it's like the same with Uncut Gems because I'm not viewing it the way a viewer would seeing this movie for the first time in 95. I'm seeing it as someone who's known for probably a decade plus what the ending is and knowing that Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze. And so I am not seeing it from the perspective of someone who's going in this totally blind. I'm seeing it from the perspective of, oh, I know who you are and I'm going to watch you like a hawk because I. I know what you like I I want to see how you are how you're going to act or whatever which I think is also an interesting way to watch something and I think if like I had watched it for the second time and like not known the first time that I you know like I know the twist ending the first time and watch it the second time I think it would have been more exciting I guess because I'm like oh I know what's going to happen this time so now I can watch for each individual little yeah, quirk that that's he a good has point. yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. I see I like twist endings of movies and then I like rewatching them because I love being able to see like oh okay so he did this and I didn't notice that the first time and that's a bit like the, the smile there's no way I would have ever picked up on that if I had not known the ending yeah, you know what I mean right and that is like to me that smile so subtle but a big hint that there's something real like there's something that's under the surface that no one is aware of and and this verbal kint is just like such a talented actor that he's able to pull off being an entirely different person and uh, did you also notice that when he was like crying here's no there's no actual tears yeah yeah <laughs> um i was like he's crying but he's not really crying i was like eh. mm-hmm. um and it, it was definitely the type of like crying and i'm using quotes that there should have been tears that was like a full-on sobbing but there's just nothing there and that's, it, did, it seemed really put on yeah which in a good in a good way like that he was right. acting like somebody acting like they were fake crying right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um and uh and that's uh, something that is, like, as I've listened to, like, um, 
true crime podcasts and stuff like that when it's someone like kills their wife well it's usually a man that kills their wife let's be honest and they'll like cry but they won't actually have tears is like a huge indication that they're lying about something and um and so i kind of like was i was just like enjoying that because again it's just it's a like a little subtle thing but those lack of tears is really indicative of like hey there's not actually any real emotion behind this you mm-hmm. know what i mean right um and so and it's just, it goes back again to kevin spacey just being such a talented actor and it's like you know kevin you made me love you and now i i don't love you i wouldn't say i hate you because i still really like your movies i don't mm-hmm. love you anymore it's over yeah. <laughs> um so um i don't did you ever see the mask with jim carrey yeah okay so the guy that plays Redfoot is the bad guy in the mask. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I've seen him in things, and I just couldn't place what I'd seen him in. It was funny, because I was watching the movie, and I was like, wait. And I've only I've seen the mask, like, probably five times. Prob- I've seen it a bunch of times. But that always, that villain always, like, stood out to me, because I thought he was, like, so creepy, you know? And, um... And so I'm like watching, I'm watching Usual Suspects and I'm like seeing this guy and I'm like, that guy looks so familiar. And I was like, he might have been the villain in the mask. <laughs> and I looked it up and I was nice. right. Good eye. <laughs> I think he was a little older in the mask. No, he couldn't have been that much older. I don't think that movie came out that much. L- yeah, I feel like they were very close. It was maybe like really, yeah. yeah. Um I, again, I haven't seen The Mask in probably like 10 years. I don't know if it's something I'd really want to watch at this point in my life. It's kind of like, it was like fun for like the 90s, but now it's like, you know, 20, 20, thousands. And I'm like, mm. 20, 20, thousands. 20, 20, thousands. <laughs> 20, 20, thousands. No. What is that? Does that make sense? No. 20, 20, thousands. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. It's the 2020s. <laughs> there you go. 2020s. It's the 20s. The twenties. We're back in the twenties. The folks. Roaring Twenties. Right. We just finished World War One and Ooh. the Great War, as I'm starting to call it. And now we're heading into the Great Depression. But first, we're gonna party our ass off. Big time. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna cut our hair short. We're gonna wear I'm short not skirts. Gonna do that. And we're gonna go. <laughs> Uh, did you like that video? I, I did. You? It was funny. <laughs> Lucius Dillon is his name from um, from Drunk History. That's a, yeah. He's that, <laughs> that that Thomas Ince thing was like. If anyone wants to look it up, Lucius Dillon telling the story of Thomas Ince. He does this whole scene where he's like he's like imitating like people dancing, and it's like flapper dancing. Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. I did kind of like the twist of like them thinking that there was going to be, um, what was it, drugs on the boat and ended up just being a guy that these mm-hmm. people were transporting. That uh, could uh, fing- point his finger at Kaiser yeah. Soze and reveal who right. Kaiser Soze is. Right. So, yeah. of course, that like, so it's. So, like, no wonder everyone is so pissed that they this happened because a bunch of them got killed. You know, um, Hockney got killed and then. Um, Whatever they uh, they all got killed either way except yeah. for except for Verbal and he was like the one that like stayed behind because Keaton told him to. Well, um, he also was orchestrating the whole thing. That's true. That's true. But yeah, so it's like it's interesting 
so you're like so you're watching it and you're thinking that they're like oh they're going after these drugs but then it's like it's like the jewel of the nile where you find out the jewel of the nile is just a guy and so you're like what the fuck you're like excuse me first of all now like and they're like the hungarians are like selling this dude or whatever and so the whole situation was like very very strange but it's this ingenious plan that you know kaiser soze comes up with to essentially fuck over all these other guys that have screwed him over and kill them but also at like going to finish and 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 and, um like to finish his end goal which is you know killing this dude he just he needs help getting this dude killed and i like how they all saw him as he killed them like uh kevin pollock's character turns around and you can tell that he's like what you're the one who shot me but you don't know who it is yet yeah and then uh stephen baldwin is walking out and uh Gabriel Burns like what's what happened and he's like the strangest thing and then he collapses with a knife in his neck so it's and then Gabriel Byrne obviously the movie opens with him getting shot but you don't right. know who shot him but then you find out yeah so yeah they all found yeah. out who Kaiser that he was Kaiser Sose uh, right and I guess maybe I don't know if Fenster did or not because he tried to leave he didn't want to be part of it anymore and they found his oh yeah body that's dead. right yeah yeah and uh so um so that it's just very interesting it is yeah i like that i like that too that um mr kobayashi was like he's like sure you can walk away from this but look what happened to your friend do you want that to happen to you (laughs) yeah you know yeah it was so and like pete postalwaith i thought was like terrifying in this role because he was so calm but he's like I will kill you. I will kill everyone you love. I will kill anything that makes any sort of difference to your life if you don't do this. And you're like, mm-hmm. fuck, this guy's not messing around. <laughs> you know? And he's like, and he's, and I've always seen Pete post away and just these kind of like chiller roles, you know? Although I, I can't really think of, the only thing I can really think of is that I think he was the, the like, um, monk or, or like, um, not rabbi in, um, Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah, mm-hmm. wasn't he? The yeah. Friar. Yeah, the Friar, yeah. yeah. Um, that's really the only role I can really think of him in, but <clears throat> he was so creepy in that role and so good at, like, just just so calm. So you're almost like, <laughs> yeah, right? But then you're like, what? wait, what What if he's not kidding, though? <laughs> yeah, know? I like that Kaiser Soze was, like, a, like half a myth that they were thinking like nobody's gonna come after us there's no Kaiser Soze there's nobody's gonna but then also they do have like a trepidation or fear of him because what if he is a real guy and how did he get all this information and how does he have all these connections and how does he you know yeah so it is interesting the how uh verbal kin Kaiser Soze created this giant myth yeah around himself and so that's pretty cool and yeah it is no wonder it makes sense that he would need to kill this guy who's gonna finally be able to like blow the lid off him and yeah yeah and so that's and then he'll go to prison for the rest of his life probably you Mm -hmm. know i'm sure if the police have enough on him they would want to put him away for life you know um yeah all of his immunity would go out the window oh yeah big time yeah but you know it's it's like it's just (laughs) And then you just never, 
you don't know like where he goes what happens to him i'm assuming he disappears probably under a different name you know mm-hmm. um because i if i were if i were him verbal slash kaiser i would get rid of verbal i would try and like i don't know kill him off or whatever you know and i would probably try and get rid of kaiser too and i would just assume a new identity because i wouldn't want to get caught you know i mean yeah well he must have a lot of money and resources because they never they never explain what his relationship to kobayashi is but for Mm -hmm. kobayashi to be so loyal there must be a lot of money Oh, big time, big time. connections that he has, and you know what I mean? So Yeah, and like, and Kobayashi had said something like, if you don't do this, I will be punished too, or I'll be killed too, or whatever. Like, he was was saying something like that, which kind of, like, implied that if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, then Kaiser Soze will kill him, but... In the end, I really didn't get that impression at all. I got that, like, he was he was like irreplaceable to kaiser yeah you know like he was he, his right hand yeah man. exactly and so you know he's the one that was driving the car and um and then like kujan at the last minute was like wait a second wait a second mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like oh shit <laughs> yeah so yeah. there is yeah so it's it's interesting i'd like to know the relationship between the two of them and me too he can't have a very like Kaiser Soze cannot have a very ex- enjoyable life if he has to spend months no. like doing these, building up these long cons, you know. But maybe that's his thing. I, I mean, mean, he, he must, could really yeah, enjoy he it. Like, like it. It's. I would think that if you are a criminal mastermind, that something like this would be like, ooh, I get mm-hmm. to plan a heist. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's true. <laughs> and a lot of the things that they stole from him were like shipments that were going to go to like a shipyard and get sent to Pakistan or something. Right. So he did a lot of offshore. Yeah, he was a. Uh, so he definitely struck me as the type of person that doesn't have a loyalty to anyone but himself. Oh, big time. Yeah, like yeah. he's like he's like, oh, you want me to betray my country and and sell you. Um, you know like a uranium bomb totally let's do it you know whatever i mean i'm making that up but you get what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's the uh he's yeah (laughs) so um i don't know i i enjoyed the movie i think overall i think it was it was i don't know if i would say it was worth waiting 27 years to watch it not that i would have appreciated it in 95 because i was like eight but um it's it's I, i'm glad I, I finally saw it i'm definitely glad i finally saw it you know it's mm-hmm. like okay i can finally like because it's something i've been wanting to see forever i've always been curious about it and i love gabriel Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> i really do guys <laughs> i just think he's well younger him not so much now but i professor think he's, bear. he's yeah professor bear he's i just I think he's very handsome when he's younger. Um, he was also in Vikings, actually. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. He, but he was pr- killed pretty quickly in the oh. first season. He was like a king or something, something like that. Whatever the Viking version of the king is, I don't know. Emperor, Pharaoh. <laughs> it's none of those. I don't think. <laughs> Whatever. Uh-huh. I think you're right. It's a very like it's a for how simplistic it is it's very they make it very convoluted it's messy yeah which i didn't really have a hard time following 
Um, but it, it was like with it going back and forth, I kept going like, wait, what is this now or then? Yeah, there, you was, know? A, there was a lot of tactics in it that kind of felt really dated. And I was like, I can see how in 1995 people would have like eaten this shit up. Like the, the, con- the convoluted timeline, the really clever. Because people don't talk the way that kevin spacey talk they don't talk like that in real life he was talking like he was reading a movie script that was written by somebody very clever and that's just not how but but that puts a really nice shine on a movie when people talk like they're you know like their lines have been written by somebody very talented right right and so i think that that kind of dates a movie when somebody when people don't talk like humans yeah it, it really bothers me like like for example there was a the scene when the detective um realizes that he's been like fed like kujan yeah fed like study lines of lies he drops his coffee mug and it shows it falling three times and i'm like this is so dated like this is not artistic to me it's not interesting it doesn't emphasize anything it just is the same shot over and over again and i think that that's so stupid anytime i do that shit too stupid i know and it's like something that's like really irrelevant like you're like oh a coffee cup dropping do we have to watch that three times just drop the coffee cup the first time we don't even need to see it in slow motion that's it we just oh like the the fact that he dropped it is emphasis enough that this is a situation where he's going oh shit oh shit you know yeah (laughs) It so, doesn't, yeah, you don't need the added emphasis of being like, watching a falling coffee cup in slow motion. <laughs> and then watching it again, and then watching, watching it again, again. And then watching it again. And yeah. I, I think that that's really dumb. And, and I just, I I think that the dialogue is too, um, I don't know what you'd say, like, cliche, or there's too many, it's too perfect. The the monologue, I guess I should say. Not that necessarily the dialogue between the characters, but the, the voiceover, the narration, the monologue oh, the narration, from Kevin yeah. Spacey is just too, it's, it was written by a Hollywood writer, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, and I have something to say about the so, narration, too. And then, and there was another thing that I was actually like, that stuck out to me, and I wondered if it was just like this pretty little fact to make up, or if it actually is something that police sort of like a like a little i don't know what you'd call it like a little legend among police and detectives where the guy so what's his name again kujan kujan was like talking to verbal kent in the beginning and he's like you know how you find out who a murderer is put three guys in a jail cell and the one that's sleeping in the morning he's the murderer and i was like this seems like a platitude that is really clever in movies that I, I feel like, l- yeah. listen, I have to t- like, and there's things like that in a lot of movies throughout the years, but that factoid kind of stuck out to me and like really annoyed me because I could imagine somebody like imagine somebody who's like 16 in 1995, just using that as all like just his like a party line for the next six years of his life like you know you need to tell the murderer is he's asleep the next morning you know and 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 it's not bad in and of itself like that's not a bad thing we all do it i do it right everybody has a a thing that they do right so i'm not saying that i'm innocent of it i'm just saying that line stuck out to me as is that a real fact or is that a fact that people will just like tout about trying to impress other people until they finally come across someone who's like yeah i saw the usual suspects as well you know what i mean (laughs) but or is that a thing like that would be me be like yeah i've seen that movie yeah and i think you're wrong so (laughs) it's it's 
in and of itself is not bad behavior. It's just something that sticks out to me because I see a lot of movies and I hear people, you know, and I quote a lot of movies and I know that sometimes facts can present themselves in movies that Wait. make that you feel might be real, but they're I don't know if they are and that line bothered me. So. Wait. Hold the phone. Are you telling me you've seen a lot of movies? <laughs> I've seen 10 movies. You've seen only 10 movies? Titanic. Okay. Muppets Take Manhattan. Right. That's essential to anyone. The Little Mermaid. Uh, perfect. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. Great. Chamber of Secrets. Uh-huh. Biodome. <laughs> okay. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> That's the best one out of all of them. <laughs> so far. Airheads. Okay airplane oh okay and ponyo most recently oh, wow wow yeah everything else i boy don't ask me because you know what do i know i've just seen alan quartermain in the temple of skulls like 10 times so <laughs> that's that's the most movies i've seen it was the best movie i've ever seen <laughs> was alan quartermain a sexual awakening for you he was a sexual awakening for me i was like oh my god that hair mixed with that dragon school like <laughs> Like, so I just wonder, like, uh, you're, is it is it a thing or is it just a movie? Fa- is it just something that sounds really? And that's it the sounds thing, like a movie thing. This to me. movie was so slick. Well, I don't think it's that slick anymore. But I could totally see through the lens of a nineteen like nineteen ninety five. It's so slick and it's so shiny and all the dialogue is perfect. The, you know, everything, there's like little factoids, there's little platitudes, there's little dialogue that like is really clever, and and that sort of bugs me now but i've fallen prey to stuff like that i'm not saying i don't fall prey to cleverness i do i'm just saying the movie is dated now and so it sticks out more than if like a movie that's made now wouldn't stick out as much because things like they're wrapped up in the colloquialisms of the time right so in 1995 it wouldn't have stuck out to me i wouldn't have been like this movie is too clever for its own good i would have you know what i mean i would have right if i had been of age i probably would have enjoyed it but it's just it's it's interesting how it sticks out and i don't think it will last i don't think it will last the test of time yeah i can kind of see what you mean um like the narration and i've talked about narration before this it didn't so much bother me in this one because it seemed like there was a lot of information that they had to give and that was the best way to give it without like adding a bunch of extra scenes you know Mm -hmm. um but i also think that it was maybe not super necessary and it could have been done in other ways you know because there's mm-hmm. like it, it's just it, it like narration is one of those things it's like slow motion it it really has to be done well and it really has to be done in the right way you know what yeah, i mean i well yeah and the movie was just so messy i feel like they need they thought they needed narration just to clarify some things for right, exposition. exactly yeah but i feel like there was moments where exposition was done from the the detective and kevin spacey like their conversation just simply in the room the conversation back and forth got some things across so they could have done stuff like that without the narration exactly exactly yeah i mean they could have had they had a bunch of cops i mean um that's my thing okay for some reason i thought i like knocked the sound out i was like what did i do um i'm trying to remember giancarlo esposito's character is oh bear okay so bear um he was he was in it but he was like 
I feel like he should have been a bigger part of it, you know, because or else like just don't bring him in because it was almost like they could have had like they could Rabin who's or Rabin or whatever who's played by Dan Hedaya. They could have had him take over his role. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like it was just adding an extra person in there, but there wasn't any real like end goal that Bayer really figured out. And he didn't even pick up the facts, did he? And no. see, yeah. So he was like, it was, yeah, it was just, he kind of came in there to just yell at everyone and then yell at the Hungarian guy, and that was it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, well, and he's the one who heard the Hungarian say Kaiser Soze, and he's like, oh, yeah. I've heard that name before. But there was something that was interesting to me that I think was supposed to be more of a shocker, maybe, but it wasn't. How, uh, so he's, the police, the detective is like, no, uh, Listen, Verbalkant does not want to be in an interrogation room. He knows that they're all wired, so he he doesn't want to be in an interrogation room. And he needs to he he won't he won't tell us anything in those rooms. And so Dan Hedaya's characters were like or no so then the detective was like, Well, why don't we have him in this office? And it was Dan Hedaya's office and he's like, No way. But then they have him in the office and the office is wired as well. And so I was yeah. like, I'm not surprised. Like I would assume everything can be wired. And, oh, yeah. and I would assume that Kevin Spacey's character knew that everything could be wired, but in my head, oh, yeah. I thought I was thinking, is he not clever enough to think of these things on the fly? So he needs to be in a room full of full of uh, inspiration, or does he want them to put it together within the minutes that he's leaving, where they look around the room and they say, because if he was just making it up blindly from his head, you know, without seeing things around the room, then he's not giving them like he doesn't have the satisfaction of knowing that they know that they had him, right, right. But if he's in the room where he can like, re- so was that his insp- like was that why he wanted to be in the room so bad? you know see i think that that was more of movie magic right yeah it was like yeah if you're i'm going to assume like i mean i guess i could probably make up a story right now using like i'm i'm trying to think of like if i close my eyes and i just like used what was in my head then i could probably create a pretty decent story which i'm assuming gabriel Byrne took (laughs) off his shirt (laughs) young gabriel Did you ever see End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was the devil in that. And I was like, oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Go ahead. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't. Gabriel Byrne was the devil in that. yeah. But if you made up a story and then I laughed and I went about my day, I wouldn't later in the day be like, wait a second. Lauren said Mr. Lamp. And Mr. Painting, that was all fake. I wouldn't know that it was Mr. fake. Lamb there, and Mr. Lamb Mr. Painting. there wouldn't be, like, clues around the room. So did he do that on purpose to be like, I want them to know. I want them to know. I want I, them to know. I don't think it was that. I think it was movie-fied. That's my... That's what I think, too. Yeah. I, it's like, why... How does this happen? Why does right. this happen? It's too... And it, that's another thing of like being it's just too slick. It's too slick. It's it's slick and and I think it for what it was, I think that maybe they needed to have it in there, but I also think that there's other ways to go about that. You know what I mean? Like he could have been like, yeah, uh Kaiser Soze's um um confidant Mr. Glass, you know, and like say oh, like George Glass. George Glass. <laughs> Jan's, this is Jan's boyfriend from the Brady, Brady Bunch. <laughs> I have Glass. a boyfriend. His name is George. George Glass. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> the 
was a thing. Like, if but you're I'm making saying, a- like, you know, you can see glass, like the glass, the mirror, or whatever, you know, the two, the one way mirror or two way mirror. I mean, and um, Mi- his name was Mister Two Way Mirror. <laughs> there was a hyphen, two hyphens, one hyphen, two way mirror. He was he was from a divorced family. <laughs> he was first. His last name was Two, and then he met way mr way and then he met mr mirror or his mom did actually and then she married all three of them and his name is two-way mirror i know it's it's a very convenient and kind of weird that his name is two-way mirror but i'm i promise you it's a real story it's a true i'm definitely not making this up Mm -hmm. and then the guy's like right (laughs) huh two-way mirror yeah so yeah i just i mean that's that's something that i I think is really exciting maybe the first time you see the movie but Mm -hmm. it's like after you see it multiple times or more than once you're thinking but he just it's also it's too easy to make up things around the room and and also these guys are detectives like yeah detective didn't put together you know like they're i feel like their whole profession is being skeptical yeah, I like Colombo would never have fallen for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think it's also a trope that's been done many times before. Um, oh, the criminal was right under your noses. Right, yeah. Mr. Lamp and Mr. <laughs> Flower. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely like I've definitely seen that multiple times in movies, but I can't think of any, mm-hmm. but I know Regina that it's. Gina Falange. <laughs> We invented post-its, you know, just... Yeah, yeah. It is a thing, and it's not bad, but it's just, in this movie, I think it's it's not as shocking anymore... No. ...as it maybe would have been when the movie was new. Yeah. And that's probably because of the movie. Like, it paved its own way to make that trope unimpressive. Right, You know what right, I mean? Right, or that, right. that particular, like, where you're tricking a cop. Right. You know, like, it... it set the bar and then it made the bar null almost yeah you yeah know? yeah it was uh it was a moot point it's like a cow's <laughs> opinion <Exactly>. it's nothing <laughs> um I, I yeah so that's definitely like that's definitely a tropey thing so i i think that i definitely don't think it was like a kaiser soze decision i think it was a movie decision Big time. you know i yeah. agree like um, wouldn't it be cool if if they were in yeah and and like well of course it's going to be recorded like they don't you know yeah. i mean and he had to have known i mean he knew it was going to be recorded he he's had not to stupid known. no he's definitely so, not stupid he was he's, playing them the whole time yeah, yeah yeah it's i love i have to say though i love movies like that where you like and obviously with this it's like i knew the ending so it wasn't like a surprise that kevin spacey ended up being covered or verbal can end up being uh, kaiser soze but um i do love movies like that where you're like watching it and then all of a sudden they like reveal who it is and you're like fucking shit i never saw that coming or you were like i had my suspicions the whole time and i was right yeah <laughs> you know? it's like or like the big twist ending where you're like oh shit i thought it was this guy but it turned out to be this guy you know but with with knowing the end of this it it wasn't like that it mm-hmm. was just like uh-huh yep okay so that's how it ends interesting you yeah. know what i mean um but it it would have definitely been interesting see, to see that movie without knowing the the ending but it was it was just something i've known for like 
uh, like years and years so it wasn't it was nothing new Mm -hmm. you know um i'm glad that i finally got to see it finally finally and you know so that's good i got it yeah it's always like it's always nice to get like your perpetual list of movies that you just know you want to get around to seeing it's nice to cross one off yeah yeah and it's like sometimes i think after or if, if i've seen a movie and i think like okay so was the wait to see this movie worth it in this case i wouldn't say so i would say it was i'm glad i finally saw it it's something i've been wanting to see for a long time um i don't regret it or anything was it worth the 27 years of waiting no D- no but there are other movies where I've seen and it's been like years and years and I've never seen it and I finally watch it and I'm like, shit, that was fucking worth the wait. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure that they're there. Um, but yeah, no, this one was kind of just like, oh, all right. Well, now now I know what happens and now I know, you know, cool. Mm-hmm. So now I've seen the usual spus- suspects. So yeah. Great. You know, but it's other than that, it's, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it's like, you know, it's not i would it, to me i think in 95 it was probably something that was really cool and special but in 2022 meh, mm-hmm. eh, it's okay it's good it's decent it's good it's not i would recommend it but is it the best movie ever no certainly not <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, yeah. That's what I say overall. Yeah, so you would not recommend it. No, or you would, would. You would. I would recommend, I would it. recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I the last time I posted though, I I on uh, Instagram I said I can't wait to talk about all these baby faces. Yeah, because <laughs> they do. They're little baby faces. They're so young. They are so young. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, 1995. Yeah, and I've just been continuously in love with Gabriel Byrne since Stigmata came out, which was in the 90s, I think. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> Actually, I think Little Women is what I saw him in first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just loved him in that. And then you know. I didn't. He didn't stick out to me in Little Women because he was just the, the generation. He was still too old for me to like notice him <laughs> as a kid. I mean, I would have been like nine. So I'm not going to yeah. think like an older man who's probably in his maybe 30s, maybe 50. I don't know how old he was. I don't know. I think he's in his 60s now, so he's so probably in his 30s. In that. He was just, you know, nine-year-olds don't generally think that. But I did think Christian well, Bale was super cute when I was when I was watching Little Women. I did think Christian Bale was super cute. Oh, when yeah, I was Lori. Oh, such a but babe. But Gabriel Byrne was just not... He was... And you know what? Maybe he wasn't that old. He just looked older. Like, he just had he an did. older... He did look older. He just... He just Maybe he's like Wilford Brumley, where he's never looked young. You know, I don't know. But um, wait, let's let's ask Google. Hey Google, how old is Gabriel Byrne? Seventy-one years old. Okay, so, so twenty-five years ago he would have been in his fifties. So he's seventy-one years old now. So twenty-five years ago he'd be in his forty-five, forty, forty-six. 46 okay yeah. okay so he's in his 40s yeah so that's an, like a nine-year-old so in his 40s in the in little women too then yeah so yeah a nine-year-old doesn't you know i doesn't usually think like well apparently this nine-year-old did because when you I were was, when you were nine you thought gabriel byrne was attractive that's when oh, you yeah, saw stigmata I thought he was handsome um no i wasn't nine when i oh, saw when stigmata you saw little women? i was in my teens when i saw stigmata stigmata is like a rough movie how old were you when you saw little women oh i was a i was a child i was like in 
And you thought he was attra- you thought yes. he was attractive? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's not my personal like my my you have to remember my first I've always liked older. Older, Matt. I mean, well, even when I was a child, like my first celebrity crush was David Bowie. But David, I mean, like David Bowie was like a pretty looking man. I mean, this guy looks like a gruff older man. I loved him. That's why I'm. It's fine. I believe you. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> I gravit when I was that age. After I did all not, this time, you should. Leave. I didn't gravitate towards men who looked that much older than me. And Christian Bale was like, I don't know. My guess is probably like. 18 to 22 and that was that made more sense yeah he was he, he was, was definitely a, like you know he was he's in his 50s now i think i'm not sure but hey google how old is christian bale christian bale is 48 years old okay okay yeah so yeah he yeah so been, like, he was in his early 20s yeah, yeah. and, and so he's anyway, 48 now anyway I'm i don't even know how he's this 48 started, i thought he was in his 50s i thought he was older than that i thought he was guy. like he's just young i thought he was like ray fiend's age mm, no hmm. way no, because Ray Fiennes was like a full-on adult. Like Ray Fiennes was an English patient. In the no, that's 90s. true. That's right. Well, like, Christian Bale was an, an adult too. He was just a younger adult. Yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how this conversation started, but all I'm saying is, well, well we started talking Gabriel about Gabriel Byrne. Did not like, stick out to me when I was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, he probably didn't stick out to me when I was even the first time I saw The Usual Suspects. Really, I might have thought he was. I might have I thought mean, he was maybe. more handsome, but now I can, like, yeah, he was definitely handsome in The Usual Suspects and in Little Women. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm near his, I'm, like, at that age, I'm, like, you know. Well, maybe, actually, maybe, you might be right. I maybe not, I didn't maybe find him attractive until I saw him in Stigmata when I was older and then watched Little Women again and was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's kind of how Because I think he, I thought Lori was cute. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I don't think if I was a kid I would have been like yeah i think i think you're probably right about that yeah because i saw him in stigmata and i was like oh hi <laughs> and then uh it just was like you know all downhill from there or uphill i guess depending on how you look at their ages because uh, they just creep up <laughs> keep getting older <laughs> yeah that's the thing you're both getting older at the same time i know that's the thing is that they're they were like in their 30s when i was a kid or a teenager you know and as they've gotten older they also have gotten older so wow yeah that's how that's how time works did you know that amazing yeah I, so i uh, we got on this like weird topic but um yeah so would you recommend the movie i don't think i would i don't i mean if you've listened to this whole episode you've heard the twists and everything so i don't think it's worth going back i don't think it's like i don't think it's a great movie it's not terrible if you watch it you'll probably you'll be entertained and I like heist movies, so it does have that heist aspect. But I don't think it's a shining beacon of its kind. I think it's just a movie that had a heyday, and yeah. a lot of people still really like it. But I just I don't I don't know if I'd say it's a worthwhile. I don't think it's worth like going out of the, out of your way to see it. Uh, there are better movies about heists that you could watch, and um, yeah, yeah. So I don't think I would just on that. Uh, I definitely agree. I think there's like, like if you're gonna see a really good heist movie, watch like Ocean's Eleven mm-hmm. or like Ocean's Eight, Ocean's Thirteen. Don't watch Ocean's Twelve; it's not that great. Mm-hmm. But um, the other ones are fun. But uh, I I do agree with you as far as like heist movies go. It's I wouldn't say it's the best heist movie. Um, and I I love a good heist movie. Love a good heist movie. Um, but 
I can see what you mean. I think it's I think it's definitely a product of its time. And again, the reason I wanted to see it is because I've just heard about it for so long and mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it's it's for sure a product of its time. And I I kind of agree with you, actually. I don't think it's really necessarily going to go like down in like the uh, annals of history as like a great film. It's it's good. It's decent. It's good for what it is. Is it extraordinary? No, it's not. It's you know. So yeah, yeah. So I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. If you like our stuff, you should subscribe. Subscribe to us wherever you're listening to podcasts um if you're on spotify or you're on itunes you can give us five stars and if you're on itunes and you want us to recommend a movie or or you want to recommend a movie to us i can talk (laughs) i can say words (laughs) uh give us five stars leave the recommendation and um we'll see it and we'll put it like we usually pretty much do them pretty much right away um you know i mean you might have to wait like a month but it's pretty much right away yeah uh we do have a list a never-ending list that just keeps getting longer <laughs> so but you will not have to wait like forever you will I just don't do wait for my life to be over <laughs> Uh, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram watch us the movies you can follow us on Facebook watch us the movies you can uh, pretty much DM us if you want or you can email us too if you also want a recommendation Um, that's how other people have recommended things to us like Isabella and Nicole so uh, that's watchersandmovies at gmail.com and check us out or or send us a message or if you just want to talk and say hey I love usual suspects and these are all the reasons you guys are wrong or these are all the reasons you guys are right love it send it to us i always show sam we love it it's just really fun to interact with people um and thanks so much to mike for our theme music yes you can find him on twitter at the mike show 42 his name is mike myers and last night he was on the wade keller pro wrestling smackdown post show on the pw torch website so if you're interested in listening to him it was a fun conversation uh about last night's episode of smack friday night smackdown so if you I actually if, did catch a little bit of that when i was at the restaurant oh well yeah. how exciting I yeah <laughs> so um yeah so if you have an interest in listening to that you can find that on the pw torch website and mike always does a good job yeah so that's it Bye-bye. bye bye